0: This is,
1: life. This is life. 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 This is life with Lisa Williams.
2: Always there's something going on in the news that you and I could talk about. I mean, I was just like scrolling through some of the news stories, and story after story, it's like, whoa, that's intense. I just watched a video of um, just uh, some police interaction with teenagers, and I was like, that is so complex that is so difficult to understand. What is the right opinion on that? Or I just read an article about a bunch of pastors who sat down to talk about a Supreme Court ruling that's coming up about marriages. I was like, that is so intense. I'm thinking reading what the pastors said and, and hearing all the different arguments. And there is a uh, tendency for someone like me, to want to bury my head in the sand and think these issues are so intense. Much more intelligent people than me are debating them. So I'm just gonna bury my head in the sand and I'm gonna see what's on Pinterest. (laughs) No, I'm just not gonna worry about it. I'm just not gonna think about it. But one thing I challenge myself to do is to think. It is a disservice to the brain that was given to me, to the people in my inner circle, my kids, my family. It's a disservice to um, everyone who paid such a great price to be an American and to experience the freedom that we have, to everyone who's lived through different uh, seasons in this country and has had to face many difficult things. It's a disservice to them for me not to think about issues. I don't have to be mean. I don't have to be dogmatic. I don't have to write a blog about it. I don't have to yell at people, but I can think and have an opinion and pray about it. And there there's always this part of me that thinks one day God's going to call me out <laughs> and he's going to ask me to stand up for some of these things that I believe in so strongly. And if I'm not ready at that time because I haven't been thinking and holding my thoughts up to God's word and having intelligent conversations with people that I trust, people who agree with me and people who don't agree with me so that I can truly work through my belief system that I'm doing a disservice to myself and to my potential for what God might ask me to do someday. I just don't want to bury my head in the sand and be a big brain blob of vanilla pudding that has no core, Like Who are you? What do you believe? What really matters? What hills will you die on? And so as I'm reading through the news today, I have no desire to tackle any of the issues that I was reading about today because I don't know for sure that adding my voice to any of those discussions would help. But I am again reminded that if I'm not thinking about things, I'm doing a disservice to myself, to my brain, to my family, to my country, and ultimately to the God who created me and placed me in history at this time. So what do you believe? Because a day might come when you will be called to stand for what you believe. And you'll either just repeat what somebody else says or you'll just go with the the Zeitgeist, you know, the spirit of the age. You'll just say, "Well, this is what everybody else says, so I'll just go with that." or you will have a formed opinion about issues, and you'll be able to say, this is what I believe, and this is why. Get off my soapbox, stop preaching at myself, and introduce our very special guest who's been waiting to be a guest since the inception of Life with Lisa Williams, because June 9th is the special day that he's been counting down to. June 9th is the day that Jesse Williams turns seven.
0: Hello. <laughs> hello. Hi 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 again.
2: Jesse has been waiting and waiting to be on life with Lisa Williams and so far the only thing he said is hi and hello. Anything else you want to say, seven year old?
0: Hi, 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 hi.
2: Would you like to hear the story of when you were um, born?
0: Uh, this isn't real, but my mom likes saying saying this like a lot. When when my brother was born, he was like, Wah! Wah! and when I when I was born, I was like, Where's the macaroni and cheese? Where's the orange
2: juice? Where's the apple juice? <laughs> it's true. When Jesse came out, he wasn't crying. He was just looking around the room like he was trying to find the fridge.
0: <laughs> I think I was the first baby to not quite coming out of a tummy.
2: Seven years ago today. Want to hear another funny story about you that I don't know if I've ever told you? Sure. When you were born, we were talking to the doctor before you were born and um, we were talking about how big you were. And the doctor said, let's go get a special ultrasound to see how big the baby is. So we went to see the ultrasound guy and he uh, did all this measurement and he did all kinds of special stuff and he said to me so is your husband a big guy I said no he said did you have gestational diabetes what's that that's when um, a mommy is kind of sick has this thing going on so the baby gets really big so I looked at the guy and I said no my husband's not that big and no I don't have gestational diabetes and he said there must be something wrong with my equipment this can't be right I'll be back. And then he came back with like a whole bunch of people and he did all the measurements again and he said, is your husband a big guy? <laughs> I said, no. He's like six foot. He's not that big. I mean, he's just normal. Did you have gestational diabetes? No. <laughs> just just tell me. We believe that this baby boy is 13 and a half pounds. Uh... <laughs> My thoughts exactly. <laughs> Is that big? Yeah, that's really big. (laughs) The doctor came in and said, C-section. I said, (laughs) C-section. But then you weren't 13 pounds. You weren't 13 and a half pounds. You Uh, were only 10 and a half pounds. Cool. And I used the word only, you know, in quotes. Only. You were only 10 and a half pounds. Cool. Okay, so one of Jesse's favorite people is our guest today. Before we hear from Julie Thomas.
0: I really like Miss (laughs) Julie. Uh...
2: I wanted to give Jesse a chance to tell us a joke for his birthday. That's that's something that he's really been wanting to do. So get ready to laugh, make him feel welcome.
0: It's Jesse Williams. There was people having a ch- chicken race, and 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 the, and there was only two chickens because it was a freezing cold day. Only one chicken went forward, and but that chicken stayed put, and he fell asleep, and then the. The, 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 judge said, why is the chicken not moving? Oh, it's just, he didn't fall asleep. He's just, he's just too cold to live.
2: Is that the joke?
0: Yeah. <laughs> what? I can't think of a joke <laughs> and I made up one right now.
2: You just made that up on the spot? That is so fresh. That is so original. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Happy birthday, sweetheart.
0: And now he is Julie Thomas. Jesse's so
1: sweet. I don't know how this ever started, but he will come up to me and he will say with his sweet little voice, I am your squishy and you will call me squishy. (laughs) That's from Nemo. Isn't that from Nemo? I think so. He's so sweet. (laughs) I love him. I will be your squishy and you will call me squishy. Just in his little Jesse voice. I adore him. I love that we have kids. The same age. How crazy is that? That, I know. We were pregnant at the same time. But we didn't know each other. Mm -mm. Went to the same college. Didn't Didn't know know each each other. other. Went to, uh, had had babies at the same time, didn't know each other. But now we have these sweet little babies that just turned seven. Mm -hmm. And I love that my little seven-year-old just today just lost his first top front tooth. Oh. And so he's got this big, sweet little hole in his face and his <laughs> smile. I kept taking before pictures because I'm like, this is it. This yeah. is it. They're gone. Mm-hmm. And then those two little teeth are gone. And then they just fall out. And I just want them to stay little. But they can't. They can't because time marches on no matter what. We cannot stop it. It just keeps going, doesn't it? And as it marches on, I just know that we so want to live this very brief life well, don't we? Yes. We just, we want to live it well. We want to live it well for ourselves. We want to live it well for those around us. We want to live it well for our children, for our families, wherever that place is, what we talked about last week, wherever that place is that God has us, we want to live well in that But here's what I've come to realize in my own life is that the only way that I can live well in this place, wherever it is that God has me right now, the only way that I can live well is when I am spending time in His presence, because it's when I'm in His presence that I find out what that purpose is for my place. I, I can I can get to the point where I can come to accept. Okay, well, this is where God has me right now. I might hate it. It might not be the greatest place. It might be the best. It could be it could be wherever. But where, wherever God has me. I want to know what it is he has for me to do in that place, and the only way that I can do that, and what we're going to talk about today, is the fact that I have got to spend time in his presence. And it sounds really cliche. It does. It, it's it's just it's this thing that you just you hear you hear about it. You go to church. You, you hear about you it on the radio. You listen to radio stations, and you just hear you just need to spend time with Jesus. And when you maybe
2: have been a Christian for a long time, like Julie says, it might just be cliche and not be the real deal of what you do. Or if you're not a Christian, you might be thinking. Spend time in his presence.
1: Okay. (laughs) What does that mean? His presence? What does that even mean? And I think as we continue to think about our lives and think about what we want to do with them... If we were to sit down and, and kind of dream and and think up, well, here's kind of what I want to do with my life. I think we all have things that just kind of resonate inside of us. We have ideas or we have dreams and and we think about our future and, and what we want to do and where we want to go. And I think that's all very good. And I think God puts those desires inside of you for a reason. I think he wires you specifically for a reason because he's got specific things that he wants you to do. But the only way to know that is to get quiet before him. And it was interesting, the other night I got together with a, a group of girlfriends. I have the privilege of, of being the women's director at my church, and I've got just a team of women that, that we get together and we brainstorm, and we think about different things that we can do, uh, different events, different opportunities, different Bible studies that we can kind of put on the calendar so that we can just provide ways for women to connect with God and with others. And so we were sitting around this past week, and I love these women. I love these women because they challenge me to think, to think really deep thoughts about God. Because so often we are inundated with opportunities. The last thing I want to do as a women's director is just put a bunch of stuff on the calendar just for the sake of having it on the calendar, because we're all busy enough. We've all got enough going on in our lives that we we don't need just one more thing to go out and do. We are so pulled in so many different directions to give or to serve or to do yeah. because that's just the society and the culture that we live in. we read this, this beautiful post by Ann Voskamp a few weeks ago about her experience as she went over to Iraq and sat with these mothers and these families who are hurting in the middle of this war. And so many of us read that and just thought, well, what can I do? I want to do something. Or we'll listen to a a radio show and we'll hear about Nepal. Right. and, And just the incredible stories. It just makes me want to shut down, Julie. Just even talking about
2: it makes me think there's too much. There's too many poor people. There's too many lost souls. There's too many hurting people. There's too many people who are in slavery. And I'm just so finite that I can't figure out what I'm
1: supposed to do. Right. But we are called we are called to move. If we, if we love Jesus, if we are a follower of Jesus, he is so direct to us. And I love where he goes in Matthew 25. And he just says, you know what, when I was poor, you, you came and visited me. When I was naked, you gave me clothing. When I was hungry, you gave me food. When I was thirsty, you, you gave me something to drink. And, and, and the person says, well, when did we ever see you do any of that stuff? And, and he just simply says, when you do it, To the least of these, you have done it to me. And so it was obviously a big deal to Jesus. I mean, we're not just to spend our one and only lives just balled up in in the corner of our office and, and, and doing nothing. He has called us to go out and tend to the physical and the spiritual needs of those around us. But there's so much, there's so many different things to do. And I think we get so, so worried. And so am I doing the right thing? Am I caring enough? Am I caring enough for my family? Am I giving enough to the poor? Am I, am I doing this? And so I think, again, it comes back to, I got to spend time in his presence because I can't be all things, all people. I can't do everything. I can't be everywhere. I ran into a, a girlfriend of mine. Her name is Janelle and her and I were having this conversation just about what what can I do? How do I know what to do with with this one and only life? And I loved what she said to me. She said, you know what? I have these hands. These are the hands that God has given to me, and and how can I directly use these hands for the people that God has put directly in my life? Because you know what? I I'm not living in India. I'm not living in Louisiana. I'm not living in California right now. I am living... Colorado. And that's where God has me. And so what can I do as a result of that? And I think I love where Jesus goes in Matthew 6, that we worry so much. What am I going to eat? What am I going to clothe myself with? And he just says, the lilies of the field, they don't worry. They don't worry. And then he bottom lines it for us. Seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you. All will be given to you. And I just think, as I, kind of, as I kind of try to paraphrase that into this reality, into this conversation, it's so oftentimes we are so worried about doing the right thing. We are so worried. Am I, am I meeting the right needs? Am I doing the right things? Am I going to the right places? When I think Jesus says, just come and seek me. Just come and seek after my face. And I'll let you know what the plan is. I'll let you know what the plan is. I think as we were sitting around as a team, we talked about all these different things. And I, th- I think what we came up with was, was so good is that we have, we have 24 hours because it goes on in Matthew 6 to say, don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And so here's what God is slowly teaching me. And maybe this will help you today because sometimes it's hard for me to go, I don't even know. I don't know what to do. Okay. I have 24 hours. I have a 24 hour window that I have. That's all I've been promised. That's all I have. I don't even know if tomorrow's coming, and that's okay because I have this 24 hour window. What has God given me today to do? Well, for me, He's given me a family, He's given me my kids, my spouse. And, and the people that I interact with. Sometimes I have uh, different meetings. Sometimes I connect with different people. Sometimes I am meeting up with some friends. Sometimes I have unexpected phone calls. What are the things within that 24 hour period where I can stop and say, God, what would you have me do right now? God, what would you have me do right now? A couple weeks ago, I met up with a woman who runs a school for girls in our county who have been pulled out of sex trafficking. As I was preparing for that meeting, I just thought, Lord, help me listen. Help me go into this meeting and really listen to what this woman is saying, because I want to hear from you, Lord. I want to hear from you how you would have me respond, how you would have me lead other women in our community to come around these girls, this school, and how can we serve them? And so just, I think, going into it going, God, I want to listen So intentionally, every day, being open-hearted. I mean, I'm thinking about
2: my son, Jesse, who's seven years old today. And I know Jesse because I get down and look at his face a lot. You know, I get down on his level. And I listen to him and I respond to him. And I can't wait to see him in the morning. And I can't wait to kiss his little cheeks over and over again at night. I love to be in the presence of Jesse. I love him. (laughs) And he loves me, you know, and... And so when I think about being in the presence of God, that's all I've got, Julie, as a reference, is that um, how do you be in someone's presence? You talk to him, you think about him, you seek him, like, where are you? I can't find you. Come give me kisses. I miss you. You know, that's me and Jesse. um, because all I have is human reference, you know, and, and, and if my experience with God is not uh, real and um, understandable on some level, I can't, you know, I'm not going to walk around like, well, I'm just always in the presence of God, but I'm also not going to become super rigid. Like I have to spend exactly 30 minutes with him and I have to read this devotional and I have to check all these things off the list because that's not what it's like either. It's a, a living relationship with a my God who loves me. And when I'm in his presence, he downloads his will, his thoughts. He speaks. Mm
1: -hmm. He gives me peace. You know, you're not sitting there going, okay, I need to schedule time with my child today. I need to orchestrate some time where I can look at his sweet face and try to think that he's adorable. (laughs) No, that's not you. You're like, oh, I long for his presence. How can I hang out? How can I hang out with him today? Because I just have so much joy around them because you've spent time with him. And I think as we begin just to trust God, as we begin to know his character, as we begin to know that he is good, that he is for us, that he is not against us, that he has good stuff, that he has us in our place for such a specific purpose as we begin to understand that in a deeper way, then we begin to trust him and we want to spend time with him and we want to, instead of just going, all right, I need I need to do this. No, it becomes more of a, oh Lord, Lord, help me to see you today. Help me to see you in the people that I interact with. Help me to see you when I talk to the person at the grocery store or I run into that girlfriend and, and she's just hurting. Help me to be you to her. And you just have, it's, it's Lord, give me, Give me your eyes, give me your ears, give me your heartbeat for those around me right now, because we have got to be in his presence.
2: Okay, so at womenwhobelieve.com, Julie has a Bible study for us to go deeper in the idea of spending time with God like Esther did. She fasted and prayed for three days, and there were some pretty amazing results after that. So womenwhobelieve.com or menwhobelieve.com, either place designed for us to go deeper spiritually. Thank you to Julie Thomas for being our guest today and our very special guest, Jesse Williams. Thank you for being born. I love you. Our executive producer is Paul Goldsmith. Hashtag thanks for listening.